Well, good morning. This week we are continuing with the New City Catechism, and and we really are building off the theme of last week. And you'll start to see that with these questions. They they kind of go from one to the next, and they build on one another. Um, and so last week we considered uh, the creation of humans, that we are created in the image of God, and what that means for us and how we live our lives. And there are several implications that come out of that, both in terms of um, understanding gender and what it means to be male and female, as well as just understanding human dignity more broadly um, and how we how we interact with issues of issues of justice and things like that. So the image of God has some wide-reaching implications. And that's what we considered last week. Um, this week, we are moving to creation more generally. And so question five of the New City Catechism, what else did God create? And the answer, God created all things by his powerful word, and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. Now, there are in this even in this answer, again, many paths that we could walk down. Uh, and the, the verse that is emphasized here is Genesis 1.31, which says, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. Um, when it comes to discussions around creation and what Scripture has to say about creation, there are several paths that we could find our way down. Um, all of them good and beneficial at some level, but we just don't have time to get into them all. So, um, as I thought about it, we, we could talk about what it means to be stewards of creation, and I think that's an important conversation. Um, we could talk about what is the creation narrative communicating, what is it, what is it emphasizing, um, and I'm really not going to go down either of those paths. So if you'd like to talk more about those, I encourage you to reach out, send me an email, uh, schedule a time for coffee. We'd love to sit down and talk through some of those things. Um, but I really want to look at creation as God's revelation. Um, now, it's not God's entire revelation. We know that God reveals him to us most plainly in Christ. Um and so we're looking at creation as uh, what is God revealing about himself through creation? Um, and so just one note about creation. One of the things that scripture affirms is that God creates out of nothing. Uh, Psalm 33, 6, and then verse 9 say, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. And so God creates out of nothing by the word of his mouth. He speaks it into existence. Uh, and Revelation 4, verse 11 says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And so God creates by speaking the world into existence, and it is by his will that they are created. Um, and the revelation even attaches, he will receive glory, honor, and power because he created 
all things. Um, and so because he is the creator, the right response is to respond in praise. And really, that's where I want to emphasize God's revelation through creation is he reveals uh, aspects of his own being. In Romans chapter 1, it says, verse 20, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Um, and so God reveals things about his character through creation. Uh, specifically, according to Romans 1, he reveals his eternal power and divine nature by the things that have been made. Um, and so these, these things, the created order, the world and all that fills it, God has made as a revelation of himself. Now, it is a incomplete revelation. Um, it is, according to this Romans passage, actually, if you, you look at it kind of from verse 18 down through 25, we landed right in the middle, but um, we see that 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their ungodliness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Verse 24, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Uh, and so, the, the revelation of God, of himself, and of his character in creation is enough on some level to give a knowledge of God and to convict and to, to hold us accountable, uh, but it is not revelation enough to be saved. Um, Thomas Schreiner, in his commentary on Romans says this, what Paul means by the knowledge of God and the implication of this text for one's understanding of natural revelation have long been disputed. I cannot chronicle the debate here and will only, and will make only a few comments regarding the contribution of, to this text to the debate. The knowledge of God described is hardly a saving knowledge. Paul's purpose is to show that the knowledge of God that all people have through observing created order is suppressed verse 18, and distorted, verse 21 through 23, so that all without ex without exception have no excuse. Paul's espousal of this view is not surprising, since most Jews believe that the Gentiles who were outside God's covenant were destined for es eschatological wrath. And so again, he's he's making the argument, Schreiner is, is making the point that Creation reveals something about God, but it is not enough to come to a saving knowledge. And so God has created all things as a way to, to point to himself. In fact, what Psalm 19 will say is that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. And so part of the role of creation is to point back to the creator. Uh, and so when we think about creation, we, we ought to think about being good stewards of creation. We ought to be thinking about um, what God is teaching us about the created order, about himself. When we look at the creation account in Genesis, we ought to remember that it was very good. And that is the ideal, the standard that God created 
and it was good and that it was corrupted by the fall. But as we think about creation now, as we think about all that God has made, all that he has spoken into existence, part of what it ought to do is point us back to God in a way that gives praise to the creator rather than the created. And that was the pitfall that that occurred in Romans, is that people turned and give praise to the creation rather than the creator. Uh, And so creation declares the glory of God. God reveals his divine nature, his eternal power through creation. And our response to that is to look at creation and be pointed to the creator behind it. So we don't look at creation and stop and marvel at creation and the universe. We marvel at the God who spoke it into existence. And next week, the question has to do with how we give God glory. And so, again, we see heavens declare the glory of God. We are to declare the glory of God. We are to give glory to the God who created, the creator behind creation. Um, and, And we look more closely at that next week.